actually existential life crisis my god it's such a big topic okay i was born in 1991 33 years ago now can you believe that i can't believe that sometimes <laughs> 30 but i was born into a religious family in india mostly because my mother became religious later in her life and so she was practicing it and it was important for her that her family practiced it as well which i think is very reasonable right any woman or man believing in religion would want that and so i was born into that then i was you know, five years old when we moved to norway i'm the eldest of five kids and so we were four people when we moved to norway my mother and father and then me and my younger brother who was born three years after after me but I would say it was pretty religious up until high school. And it was in high school that something happened. I have a little story here and I haven't really told this story ever. And I'm a little bit afraid because I know that talking about religion and politics can be very, especially now, can be a little bit like a minefield. So I'm almost like considering not talking about this actually for that reason. Oof. Okay, there are two people watching. Can you give me a comment here? Should I talk about this? Do you want to know? Because it's quite the story how this thing happened. Are you interested in my existential life crisis story? Okay. Give me a comment here if you are. The three people watching, either on X or YouTube. <laughs> I need a sign from God to tell me to create this content, which I have never created before. And I'm very seriously concerning not to. Melly says, I I'm at work, tell me. Okay. Mm, okay. So I'm going to pretend like I'm talking to you. What's the time for you, by the way? Melly, can you? What's the time over there? You're like 10, uh, 10 years, 10 hours ahead of us, right? You're working on a Sunday? Okay, so I'm going to tell you. Mm. I got to give a disclaimer here, okay? It's going to be revealed 12 a.m., okay. It's going to be revealed which religion um, I um, was a part of. 12 p.m., that makes more sense. So noon, right? But I want to say, I mean, just give this a disclaimer in the beginning. I am not against religion. I, am, I happen to not be religious anymore, but I totally understand people who follow a religion. I'm actually very envious of those people sometimes. I happen to have my reasons not to follow it or follow a religion. But I totally get people that do. I have people in my family that still do. Obviously, most people that I know in my family, they still do. I'm one of the few that don't, and I'm public about it. And I had to suffer for that reason, because it's not easy um, to be that. So again, if you're watching this, and you happen to follow me or something like that, and you do follow religion, I do not judge you. I don't think anything bad of you. I think it's great that we can live in a world where people can believe and do what they feel is right okay with that i think i'm good now
All right. I was born into a Muslim family. Okay. I'm from India and most people in India are Hindus, but there is a significant Islamic population, especially in the North. And I'm from the Northeast part of India. So even though I was born on the other side of India, because my father was stationed there, but no, it doesn't matter really. But okay, so I come from a Muslim family. And in, in Islam, if you don't know, of course, you're supposed to believe in one God, and there's the final messenger. And you're supposed to believe in the things that are written in the book, Quran, which pretty much everyone has heard about. And you might have even read it if you're interested in those things. But I was pretty much believing in the religion, because I had a pretty religious upbringing because of my mom. Again, totally understandable. She wanted her kids and her husband to do good things so they would go to heaven and not hell. So they she tried to tell us that, right? So my childhood was basically me praying uh, five times a day, or at least I tried. I didn't always get to do that because, you know, it's as a kid, it's not always that easy to wake up really early and get that. But I really, it was really important for me to do that because I really believed in it. And it was pretty awesome. I got to be honest. It was really awesome to have that. That you believe in a God that is always watching and wants the best for you. And when you are going to die, you are like, you're supposed to answer to him. Like, why did you do these things? Were they good things or bad things? And it's laid out for you. And you always ask yourself, is this a good thing that I should be doing? Am I going to get rewarded for it? Or am I going to get punished for it? It's a it's more or less a, like a simple thing to understand. It made sense, honestly. To my like when I was a kid, it made sense. It really made sense, and I was really into it. I was seriously into it. Most kids I've later understood, they just pray because their parents told them to, right? I wasn't. I was. I believed in it, and I prayed, and I the whole thing. But what happened? And I believed in it so much that in fact, when I was a teenager, I was like. I wanted to become a bunch of things when I was a kid and I wanted to become an inventor. I wanted to become an animator at a certain point because I was really into Pixar. I wanted to become animator at Pixar. Actually, I wanted to go to California, study at CalArts and all that. But one of the things that prevented me from that was actually learning that in Islam, you can't really draw pictures of humans because we're basically only God is able to create human beings and all that. And if you're drawing something like a human face or something as far as i know i'm not a scholar okay you're challenging god you're saying you can create something better than him so for that reason if you read like uh, religious books or something like that if you can't depict muhammad for that reason that's one of the reasons why you can't so i was like oh, i really want to become an animator and then my mom told me that you can't really do that because it's fine when you're a kid doing that because it doesn't really count. But when you become a man, when you're like 13, 14, then you can't do that. You can't choose that as a career but because that wouldn't be something. And I was really sad about it. <laughs> I was really sad about it. I was like, oh, my God, I really want to become an anime. I want to work at Pixar. Why can't I do that? And she told me and I was like, okay, but I still want to do that. And so I actually remember... We used to have this satellite. You can get more channels through the satellite thing. And so we used to have that. And we used to get these Islamic channels. And there was this one channel where there was this really, oh, wait, <laughs> Islamic scholar, basically, sitting on a big chair. And he had this thing on. And he would answer questions 
from people like all around the world, right? Islamic questions. And I used to watch him because my mother used to watch him. And I was like, okay, now if I ask him the question and I, if I ask him if I can be an animator or not, then I will trust him more because he knows more than my mom. So I wasn't fully convinced that my mom had it right. I had to get it there. So I did. And I called the thing and it took a little while, but I got through to him. So, and I was live on the TV. And I asked him, this is my name. I'm 13 years old. And I really want to become an animator, but I heard that you can't do that. Is that true? And he basically said, yeah, that's true. You can't do that. You can only draw picture or you can only draw drawings of nature, trees and things like that. And if I'm going to be an animator at Pixar, I'm drawing human beings and things that look like human beings. So that dream was basically crushed. And I was like, ah, oh, now, okay, I can't be that. Then I better figure something else out. But I remember that was really difficult because that really was my dream. I would have gone that way. What are you going to do? So then I gravitated more towards math and things like that. And then I wanted to become a mathematician after that, which also was a dream that didn't come true. But what happened after that was that I actually got more and more into religion. And I started thinking that maybe I can become a religious scholar because I used to look at these religious scholars on YouTube or this is actually before YouTube. So it was like, DVDs that we would get. And there was these really popular religious scholars in the world that would give huge speeches and more like there were these conferences that would happen and they would talk on a topic for an hour or so. And I used to follow a couple of them and used to watch a lot of their videos. And I thought, you know what, I think I should do something like this. Because in, in Islam, you are rewarded a lot because you're bringing other people into it. So these scholars, basically, sometimes they would get people that weren't uh, Muslim and they would come up and they, they would say, I would actually like to uh, convert to Islam. And that would be like a big thing that people would get really happy about. I would get happy about it too. And they would, in order to become a Muslim, it's pretty simple. You have to recite the certain verse in the Quran. And you, it's like you boil the religion down to a couple of things. And you say that I do accept that. And as God is my witness. And I, it's, it's like a thing that usually it's like really easy to do. You just need to believe it. And as long as you do that and there are witnesses, you're a Muslim. It's pretty easy. So they would do that. And there would be this huge thing. And I would be like, oh, my God, this because of this religious scholar, this person converted to Islam. And now they're going to go to heaven. And it's going to be so awesome. They, and I was like, I want to do that. And so I had a period where I wanted to do that in my teenage years, like I must have been 14, 15, 16 years old. Then I get to high school in Norway. And I went to a high school that is actually the oldest high school in Norway. And it's in my hometown of Trondheim in the middle of Norway. And it's called Trondheim Cathedral School. And it's this school that is like the oldest school where a lot of the kings and royal people went and famous people went. But basically, uh, that was not the first high school that I went to. I went to a different high school, more in my local area. But I moved there because I wanted to take this um, high school um, program called International Baccalaureate. You might have heard about it. It's called IB. And basically, you do two years of high school and you do everything in English and it's supposed to be more difficult than the regular local high school curriculum that was offered, at least in Norway. I took it because I wanted to do it in English, uh, not Norwegian. 
And I wanted to do more advanced math and physics and things like that, which they offered. And I also wanted to get out of Norway after high school. I wanted to go abroad and I thought this would be a good way to do it. And it turns out it was IB, yeah. And it was a great experience because it, it's much easier to get into universities because all the universities in the world recognize it because whether you've done it in Norway or Australia or China, basically it's the same thing because the examinations are exactly the same. And, you know, it's, it's a well-known thing. If you've done high school, you might've heard about it. Anyway, I do this and I get these basically as the nerdiest kids from the entire school all rolled into one class of 15, 20 kids or something. And a lot of them are Norwegians. Some of them are like, um, people coming from different countries whose parents are working at the university or something like that. And then there's me. And there was a, there was a course we had in the, in that program called TOK, which was called, which is theory of knowledge. And it's like a philosophy type of critical thinking type of course, essentially. And I remember it was it started off a little bit boring, honestly, because I was like, oh my God, why am I wasting my time on this? I would rather do math and everything, but it started getting interesting. And we started, that was the first time that I started reading philosophy, basically, because we had to do it in class. So I learned about, we, we read that and we started thinking about, we, we started asking these questions that I hadn't really asked, like the deeper questions, like, why is it that, like, why is math a different kind of subject from history, for example? What makes them different? That's a kind of an interesting thing to ask yourself. You just do the things in school, but why is it that math is an entirely different kind of subject? And why is it that way from history or physics or anything? And there, was, there were two things that you were graded on in that class. The first thing was a presentation that you had to do based on a question that you were given, like a thesis that you would have like in university or something like that. Basically a question that you do a presentation on and you have the couple of criterias that you have to fill and you get a grade based on that. And I think that presentation has to be like 20 minutes or something like that. And then you have a essay that you have to write that I think had to be two or 3000 words. I can't remember exactly. Also based on a question. So the presentation came first and then the essay was for later were supposed to pick a question for the for the presentation and I think we could also change it a little bit so we could make it our own because I don't remember exactly the question but basically what I made it on was this I was going to use this opportunity to prove to my classmates why Islam is the better is the best religion and why everyone in the world should basically follow it and it's almost a little bit illogical to not do it versus most other kids in my class that were basically atheists or agnostics, you can say. They're not really believing. That's the average person in Norway, you can say. Yeah. And so I did my presentation and I was so excited about it and I was so confident about it too. And I was like convinced that yeah, it's so funny to think about it now. Like, see, how, how old was I? I must have been 17, maybe, at that point. I'm 33 now, so that's what? How many years? Three, four, like, so literally 16 years later. So I've lived almost 
the same number of years since this happened. That's how long ago this is. This is almost like half of, half of my life ago. But I was so confident. I was so 100% believing in my God and everything, everything. And so I did the presentation. And basically, the crux of my argument would be that there are things written in the Quran that prove that it must have come from God because back then, when the Quran came out about 1400 years ago, it is impossible that they could have known this knowledge. Then it must have been divine. And then there were some other things too. I was going to give some examples from like the religious scholars that I'd seen on YouTube and watched a bunch of their things and basically memorized their talking points and just going to regurgitate that essentially without really understanding what I was talking about. So the presentation time came and I went up and I was feeling pretty good. And it started off pretty good, actually. Like I was still feeling pretty good. But by the time I started talking about my points, the students in my class started asking questions. And <laughs> that is where everything started falling apart. And again, I feel like I need to give a disclaimer for everyone watching, if there is anyone watching this thing. If you are watching and you happen to be a Muslim or a Christian or a Buddhist or a whatever, all I'm saying right now is that I am retelling my story. There is going to come things now after this where for me personally, there were some things that made sense and some things that didn't make sense. But I am in no way saying that the religion that I was born into is wrong in any way or that any religion is wrong. I think it's stupid of me to say that, right? Who am I to say that? All I can say is that for me, my specific brain, it does didn't make sense and doesn't make sense. That's why I choose to live my life a certain way. I'm only saying this because I know people get really weird when it comes to religion. And I've had enough of these conversations with people in my, because it's really, it's so close to people. And I'm still like, really, I don't know if I'm going to regret this or not. But I'm in this now, so I might as well finish this. And hopefully no one's going to watch this. Apart from you, Mele, or maybe watching this while you're still working. Okay. So I get up, right? I'm on the stage and I'm talking and I'm starting to bring up the talking points of the religious scholars that I've been binging, basically. And I go, oh my God. I... <laughs> There are things that are coming to me. I'm like, should I say it or not? Because I really got to think here because I don't want to regret this. Okay, so I'll say this. So I said that in the Quran, it says that the, the our planet is spherical, right? It's this, it has a spherical shape, almost spherical. And I don't remember exactly which verse it was, but it's in the Quran somewhere. And I, so I refer to that and I say that. And I say, like, how could they know this back then? Because back then the people, they thought that the world was flat and all that. And there's a guy in my class who, who's, he's, that guy was from the north of Norway. He came specifically to our city to study this IB program. It's probably one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. He went on to study philosophy and, and some other things at Oxford. And now, I don't know what he's doing exactly right now, but he's a pretty smart guy. He goes like this. I have a question. I go, yeah. So you do know that knowledge was actually known by the Greeks before that. And it's not like it was new. That 
existed already. People were talking about that. And so very much it's possible because the that area was pretty close to each other, like the two places that knowledge could have come there and they could have. So it's not that it's not this original thing. And I go, ah. And the, see, the thing with me that I've always been is that if I'm talking to someone and they make a good point, my brain seriously considers their point. And then I go, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. And so I look like a fucking fool on stage because I have no response because I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Hmm. And then I just I don't respond to him, basically, and go to the next thing. Because I'm not able to just use some other bad tactics and try to shut him off that way. It just I've never been like that. So basically, the whole thing is like a series of those things. Like anything that I'm saying, someone is raising their hand and saying, yeah, but what about this? And I go, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And <laughs> so at the end of it, I'm like, what? That... I made a complete fool of myself because I was not able to do what I was going to say, which like make it clear beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is the better way of life. And I go, what? And the what I was thinking then is that, oh, my God, I've done such a bad job because obviously I know that's true, but I was not able to show it because I didn't have the answers. Because if he asked that question and she asked that question, there was a bunch of questions that I got. I got really grilled by my classmates. Oh, my God. It was bad. And there were some things that I said that I'm not even going to repeat now because of how bad it was. Because I don't want to bring that up even. But, yeah, I was 17. So you can forgive that because of my age. But anyway, so basically, I am I don't even want to look people in the face because I'm so embarrassed of myself. So I remember I was taking the bus home. It was winter, I remember. So everything was dark already. So that wasn't making things better. But I was in the bus with one of my classmates. And she told me, but it, yeah, I thought you did a pretty good job. I said, no, I made a fool of myself. I couldn't answer. That day I go home and I that is when it starts. And I go, what happened? Why was I not able to answer those questions? I should be able to answer those questions. And that is what started a two-year-long existential life crisis where I don't think I'm going to be able to tell the whole story here because it's already over an hour and I should end. But that took me to philosophers, to other religions, to science, to evolution and physics and imams. I went to... I really, I, the, because, oh my God, maybe this is just my brain. It's fucked up or something like that. But if I, if there is a big question that I ask myself and I can't answer it, I cannot live my life. I cannot go to sleep. I can't think about anything but that thing because I need to have some resolution to that before I can live my life again. Am I the only one, the three people watching? Are you a little bit like this too? But I'm like, wait, what? Wait, but if this is not that, then if that is not that, then what? Then this falls apart. And then what about this and that? And wait, but humans exist because God made us this way. And he just said, be and you, we became. But in physics, I'm learning that there are stars billions of years ago that exploded and we're like, we know from scientists that 
the things inside of those stars, the core of the star is made up of material that we know what is, and that's what we're made of. So those like that made us. And then you have the like life starting on earth over you know, billions of years, and that's evolved, but that isn't lining up with what I know from religion, really. And then there are these people that apparently, like in the time of the prophet, different prophets, apparently they lived for hundreds of years. Are those man years like we know now, like 365 days, 24 hours in a day? And so I started asking these things and I would go online and try to get some answers to this. I would read books. I would go on YouTube, which was still very new at that point. So YouTube wasn't what it is now. This is like 2008, I think. Yeah, around 2008. I went to the Imam in my local community and he, I said, I told him like here, it says here that that uh, prophet Noah specifically was like 900 something years old. Like what, like how is that possible? Because we don't have any records of any human living past the age of let's say like 80 or a hundred or whatever it is right back in that time. So how can that, this be almost 10 times that? What is it? Are these, because it says years, but is there like some Arabic translation that doesn't mean years, but it means some other thing that I'm not familiar with that they used to use back then that we don't use anymore now, which is not a year, but it's actually like four months. And, you know, I just, it's my brain just works like that. I need to get some, something that is written in the book. What does it mean? Because am I supposed to take it literally? Or is it just like a parable or a story that, because Noah was supposed to save those animals. And then is it like, does it say 900 years? Because it's supposed to show that you're supposed to be patient. And so it's 900 years past, but he was still, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not being very coherent here, but that's the point. I felt miserable because I'm every, after every question, I'm not getting any resolution to the question. And there are 10 other questions that are appearing. And as with existential life crises, the ultimate question that you always have to wrestle with is what is the meaning of life? Why are we even here? Why am I even doing the things that I'm doing right now? Like I'm a 17 year old kid. I, at that point, I'm self-aware enough to understand that I'm a kid who's going to university, uh, going to high school. What am I doing it for? To get good enough grades to get into university. What is that going to lead to? It's going to lead to a job. I'm going to do that job apparently for the rest of my life or until I'm 70 and then I'm going to retire. Okay, no, before that, I get a job and then I'm supposed to marry. I'm supposed to have kids. And then I'm supposed, I'm always like just supposed to be doing things. Why? Because we just decided that's what everyone's doing. So you better do that too. Why? Why? What is all of this for? Why am I doing it? Why don't I just become, I don't know, a hobo? Or why don't I not do those things? What's the difference? Do I have to have kids? Why am I having kids? So in the absence of a religion that gives these things meaning, why are you supposed to have kids? Well, you're supposed to have kids because that's what the prophet did, let's say, or that's because you need to create more of yourself so that your religion spreads, whatever. You know, there can be very practical reasons for why you do the everyday things. And that makes sense to like a lot of people in this world. I'm so envious of them because they're like, 
they can just not have their brain go so deep and just go, you know what? Yes, God essentially wants me to do good things. What is a good thing? All the things that are listed in this book is a good thing. And I do that and I don't do the bad things. And if I do the bad things, I repent and then I do more good things. And then I go to this place in a certain location and I go around it a certain number of times. And then my sins are, it's, it, all of those things makes it very easy to live your life because at any given moment, you can go to a person or a book and you can be like, we know you're feeling like this. The solution to it for it is this. And I don't know, but my brain has never functioned like that. So for me, I was so deep into, oh my God, now I know about philosophers and all the questions that they've asked. Oh, it's, I'm not the only one. I got off. Oh, okay, I'm not only one. Apparently, philosophers have been asking these questions for thousands of years. Okay, what did they say? Oh, yeah, okay, there is no meaning of life. What? There is no meaning of life. In fact, you have you might have no free will because at the end of the day, we're all... We can all be reduced to things that if enough data is there and the science, you can almost perfectly predict what people will do. And we can even do that more now with AI and all that. Like it's like the predictive power of math with data is so good that you can companies like tech companies can predict exactly what I will do at a certain the probability that I will do a certain thing like this for 10 minutes on a Sunday a year from now, they almost are getting to a point where that's how good they're getting. And what is it based on? Just math and data. And just very like simple math is able to predict that. And this is not even, this is like when I'm 17 years old, right? And so this is a long time ago. We didn't even know anything that this existed. But I'm already writing, reading people on free will and determinism, watching movies, watching people like Sam Harris and Richard Dawkins and Christopher Hitchens, who have died now, and unfortunately, but he was very active back then. I'm watching religious debates between people. Oh, my God. And all of this is making it impossible for me to focus on school. Because how am I supposed to do math problems and physics when in my brain I'm like, what am I doing? Why, what, why am I even doing this? <laughs> what, what is the meaning of life? If religion isn't, like, it seems like for me, it seems like Islam for me isn't going to work because of these reasons. Again, if it works for you, great. I'm happy for you. I'm envious of you. But for me, it didn't. Because of very practical things that I just couldn't put together in my brain. And then I'm like, okay, Islam, let's think about other religions. Now, no religion really makes sense because it's the same things in every religion. Then what do you do? Because why am I fucking focusing on doing this math, whatever, physics to pass an exam when what is it all leading to, right? Because if I'm just doing that to get into a university, why be at a university? There has to be some meaning. Otherwise, why get up in the morning? Why not just kill yourself? Really, that's what I thought. And that's where the suicidal thoughts came in. This is also where my depression is starting. This is not a good... <laughs> this is not a good... Um... I, 
existential life crisis with like genetic mental health problems that is giving you depression is not a good combination. It's a deadly combination. And I had that. I have some mental health problems in my family and Pepo946 is having a good time. <laughs> Rafael is the best. Okay, now it's getting interesting. I should continue that. Yeah, it's getting interesting now. It's, we're just getting started. And I wanted to end this in, in an hour, but I'm going to keep going. Fuck it. It's Saturday night. And yeah, let's do this. So, okay. So I'm like 17, 18 now, right? I'm like a year in into this existential life crisis. And I'm literally just missing months of school at this point. Because I'm not able to get out of bed. Because all I can think about is this. I'm, I'm saying that, okay, I'm not 100% sure that Islam is not for me, but I'm getting there. Like one after another thing is not making sense. And I'm trying my hardest to make sense of all of this, and I'm not able to. It's not one or two things. It's so many things. Again, if it makes sense to you, awesome. I'm so envious of you, but it didn't for me. And I'm, th I'm learning things in physics and in biology and in chemistry that I'm applying to this. Because what else am I supposed to do? I can't just make fun of Charles Darwin and say that it's like the we're all coming, we're all cousins in some ways. And it's because what the religious scholars are telling me on YouTube that I'm following, they're just making fun of it. They're just laughing at him. And they're saying things like, it's just a theory and a theory is not a fact. And like he he was a guy who didn't really know what he was talking about. And so he's saying that, oh, we monkeys become humans. They just made fun of it. It just made me realize after a while that they know nothing about that. Because how can you make fun of Charles Darwin, who's at that point, like literally there are there is a field in biology that is just based on his findings and what came after it. It's yeah, it was difficult. It was really difficult. And I honestly thought about death a lot. And I thought things were so simple back then. Because just a, two years ago, when I was younger, I knew that if I did good things, then I would go to a good place after I died. And if I did bad things, I went to a bad place where I would just burn in hell for eternity. And that honestly, like when I think about it now, and it's, like, it's kind of how do you even come up with that type of thing? But it's so simple. It makes sense if you think about it. Because life is a test. Like it's life is a series of tests. And you pass those tests. And you have a handbook. If you read it, if you understand it, you know how to pass those tests. You do good things as defined by the book. And you do good things yourself. And you make sure that the other people that are, you're with, they are also, you're encouraging them to do good things too. And the good things... But the good things are not confined to you doing the good things, but you also need to believe in certain things because otherwise it doesn't work. If you're the world's best person that doesn't believe but does good things all day long, you're still going to hell because you didn't believe in certain things. You're just supposed to believe in them. And I understand give to the poor and I can do those things. I am all for those things. Makes sense to me. But believing very specific things that certain things happen, just I just cannot get my brain 
It just doesn't make sense to me. It's not that I don't want to believe it. I want to believe it f with all of my... I'm trying so hard to make everything line up exactly so I can believe it. It just isn't logically making sense to me. Uh, so what happens? I go, oh, fuck. There is no meaning to life, essentially. I like, I've read philosophers. I've seen YouTube videos. People are saying that even free will doesn't exist. Oh, my God. Let's have that conversation for a couple of minutes. Let's say if... Okay, so let me read the comments here for a bit. At the end, you're doing your best. If you want to believe that, you can try to learn more than just physics or math because they're just sciences. For me, doing good things is just for make other doing good and smile and why I just love see people happy and that's what all relationships said yeah and i think there is something to that that i think for whatever reason it's just the way that my brain has always worked if i if i learn something in school and it really makes my head uh, my brain go oh damn that's so interesting i've never thought about that before most i what i realized and i realized this kind of late but what i realized later in life is that most brains don't really work in the same way that mine does. And now I have reasons why I know why that is. But I learned later in life that when I learn something really interesting in physics or philosophy, whatever it is, then there can be a whole month where I'm still thinking about that or even a year after I'm still thinking about that. Like I'm fucking obsessed with it. I'm like, I need to look at it and I need to understand it from a million different perspectives. And I need to like, really understand how this relates to me, even though this philosopher, philosopher said it a thousand years ago, while the other people are like on to the next thing. And they're talking about like girls or the football game that was played champions league final, whatever it is. And honestly, it's not, it's, <laughs> if you are also like that, I, I sympathize with you because it's fucking hard. It's really hard to have that kind of thing because you don't control it and it just goes and goes until there is some resolution someplace and i was bumping into questions where humanity didn't have a resolution for it let alone me anyway so that was starting to happen and at, at some point i'm like okay philosophers are saying that we don't even have free will like sam harris for example who i started to learn about back then he says there's no free will essentially there's no free will and so i'm like if there is no free will, then every single thing that I have done up until this point and will do in the future, I have had really no control over. It is the external circumstances, the stimuli that I'm getting in my brain by watching YouTube videos or doing this, or what my mom says, or the fact that I'm living in Norway, or all of those things are 100% determining what I do at any given moment. What I actually do, the fact that I take this and I drink this water is not really up to me. It feels like I'm controlling it, but it's not. And then I thought, if that is the case, then wouldn't God be the person that would have perfect knowledge of this? It must be because he's all knowing, right? If there is someone who would know this, it must be him because someone needs to know it. Only then will it actually happen. So I'm thinking, if God already decided exactly how my life was going to be down to the second for the entire 80 years, let's say that I'm on this planet, then how can I be held accountable for anything I do? Because 
all of that was already decided, whereas I didn't do anything myself. So how can I be put into a bad place or a good place based on that? Because if I'm burning in hell for all eternity, I didn't choose anything. So how does that make sense? How, how am I? And if I'm going to the good place and just like, it's amazing all the time, I didn't really do anything myself, right? It's like, it's like a video game. If you're the video game creator and you know what's going to happen, like it doesn't really make sense to, for the people in the video game, the characters, to really be held accountable for anything. Because they're just, it's just like a, it's literally just like a, you can call it a simulation if you're going by Elon Musk and what people talk about is a simulation. It's like that, right? Yeah, wait, that's a lot of English. Yeah, my English is bad, but I try to explain it to you. Uh, yeah, so we're getting a little deep here. Oh, we're up to four viewers, actually. Maybe I'm, <laughs> it's getting more and more interesting. If you're watching and you find this interesting, uh, give a comment and I'll see where you're watching from, if it's X or YouTube. But we're talking about my existential life crisis, which was happening uh, from the time when I was about 17, 18 years old and ended when I was around 19, 20 years old. Okay, so what is happening now in terms of my school? I am missing school. Because I'm like, why am I working on assignments when none of this matters? I'm like there. I'm right there. I'm like deep. I'm going levels in deep into the depths of despair. I'm like, why? If there is no meaning to life, why live a full 80 years when I'm just doing things that society expects of me? Getting married, getting having kids, getting a job, getting a better job, getting a better job, getting a better job, on and on. And then you die. Why not kill myself just right now? Why not just end it? Because I have so many problems, I, I will really hate this because it's like misery all the time. Why live? It's, you got to ask yourself that, right? If you think about it, again, I don't want to get morbid and I do not, I don't want anyone to do this. I don't do this myself. I'm a very different person. But if you think about it, if you kill yourself, that's, that solves all of your problems because there is no you. <laughs> you, know, you don't need to think about that thing that you're not going to get or get if you're going to get that job or not because that's it now. There is a problem for everyone else because they're going to be really horrified that you are no more. But that's their problem, right? You, you, there's not your problem anymore. So I was there and it was really difficult. I have to say that it's probably two of the most difficult. I've had some difficult years, but those two years were, oh boy, oh my God. I was so young. I didn't have much experience and there was so much in the absence of experience, what the brain does is that it looks for information. And it looks for information to be able to fill the void that it has. So I'm reading books, I'm reading George Orwell, I'm reading philosophy online, read like YouTube videos, I'm reading modern people that are talking about these things. And the more I watch them, the more I'm understanding things, but I'm getting even more lost in things. And what happened was that I ended up needing to do one more year of school as a result of this, essentially, because I just was not showing up to school anymore. I would, my days were this, I would barely sleep at all. I would just be laying like this, just thinking all the time, all the time. And then I would shut my eyes and get some sleep. And then I would wake up and my mom would be, are you going to school? I was like, no, I don't feel good. I would just think. And just 
people were wondering where I was in school. My teachers were alerted that I'm going through a depression or something like that. I saw some therapists back then. Didn't really work out. They didn't really understand what was going on. Um, it was really difficult. I got to tell you, my God, it was so difficult. I'm so proud of myself for having gotten through that. But my God, that was difficult two years. But at the end of that, this is 2011. I'm 20 years old, turning 20. And I was like, you know what? I don't believe anymore. I don't believe in God anymore. Or at least the God that I was believing in before in my religion, I don't believe in him anymore. And I just sat with it by myself for a month or two before I came out to my mother. And it was really difficult for her, for me as well. But she, it's like, for her, it was like, like, her eldest son is coming to her and saying that he doesn't believe anymore. It's like the end of the world, basically. It's a big thing. But I didn't, I couldn't anymore. I just, there were too many things that weren't making sense in my brain. And I was like, you know what? It just, I can't. And so I don't know what I am, but I don't believe in this. So I can't do the things that I'm expected to do anymore. Pray five times a day and all those things. You're Muhammad. <laughs> oh my God, that's great that I'm talking about Islam. That how the Islam to teach us how God managed all that is not fully explained, but my English is sorry, but I did try. Yeah. Okay. So I, this is what happens usually when I talk about this is that people try to explain to me why I'm probably wrong and I haven't. Okay. This is another part of it, which I've gone through. And I'm not saying anything to you, Muhammad. It's great that you're here and feel free to comment on this. But what happens to me now, and I've been like this for years now, so the life I lead now is very different from back then. But the thing that you run into when you talk about these things, and again, I need to say this again, I know I said this several times today on the stream, but I happen to be one person who's lived one life. The experiences that I have had are completely personal. I've tried to share some of them with you. But I happen to be one person who was born into Islam and now doesn't follow it. That doesn't mean anything more than that. It doesn't mean that I'm saying that Islam is not the right religion or there is another religion there is or that all it doesn't mean any of that. All it means is that for me personally, it didn't make sense. It just didn't. And it doesn't still. And now I'm totally okay with it. I'm fully okay with it because it's been years and I've worked on myself and I'm fine with it. But the problem I have with people that, like in my family, for example, who care about me and they're coming from a good place and all of that is great. But what people assume when you tell them that you don't follow the religion, I think this is true for any religion, but Islam can be in some ways a religion that is maybe taken more seriously by more people in the world. I don't know. But I think what people the things that I get all the time is that, oh, you didn't really read the Quran or you didn't really understand it. And if I say, no, I did. I think I did. Then they go, oh, you didn't really. Do you know how to read Arabic? I said, no. And I'm like, do you? No. Okay. But you didn't really know. You don't really understand Because if you really understand it and read it, and then there is no other outcome than that you would be believing in it. And that is where I take issue with it, because if you go around thinking that anyone that ever reads the Quran 
And when they understand it, that the only logical thing for them is to come to Islam and accept it, I will give you that is what often happens with people. Islam is a religion that a lot of people accept every single day. And that's a reality. And I'm happy for those people because those people are happier and they feel, find meaning in Islam. I'm so happy for them. I, I would not sit with them and argue with them or that. I would just tell them that I'm really happy for them. I, have, I just happen to not be one of those people. I happen to be one of those people that had the opposite experience. Where I was born into it, it made sense when I was younger. But when I learned more things, for me, it just doesn't make sense. And I cannot pretend to believe in something that doesn't make sense to me. It seems like other people can there are people in my life that kind of just do some things like they fast in the month of Ramadan or they pray. Sometimes they pray all the time and they say, you know what? I also don't fully believe in it, but I just do it anyway. I just don't. I'm, I'm just not that person. I just can't do that. I'm either fully in it or I can't because it's religion. It's like a big thing and I can't pretend. And I, I like there are some times when people will tell me, just do it anyway. What do you care? Just do it. I'm like, what? How can you say that? This is, if I, okay, if I do something for people, isn't God watching me? Doesn't he know what is exactly in my heart? So if I don't believe in him, he knows. So who am I doing it for? Aren't we supposed to do it, be doing it for him ultimately? So who am I fooling really? You can't fool God, right? So, I so for me it didn't make sense and so at the end of it I came out of it and since then I've basically identified as either like an agnostic basically at this point in my life and it's been like uh, 2011 I finally came out as like non-believing and it's been it's going to be 13 years this year actually and I had a moment, like I had several years where I'm like, so I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to explain to you why you're wrong. And I'm right. If I was talking to Muslim people and all that, and I'm not like that anymore. I don't really care. I just, if you're, I'm, I believe in this. We have one life. As far as I know, I am choosing to live it in the way that I want to based on a lot of experience and reasons. I want to live in a society and in a world where everyone can make their own choices. So if you want to follow Hinduism, you should be able to. If you want to follow in Islam, Mormonism, whatever it is, or nothing, you should be able to. Everyone should be free. And I think we should all agree on that. I think that's like the most basic thing, right? You can't force anything on anyone. That doesn't ever end well. Where there is a problem, I feel, is when... And again, for me, it's not really that big of a problem. All I have to do is when I talk to family members, they're like starting to send me videos. <laughs> like say, if you only watch this video, you'll see, I see why he's right and you're wrong. And I'm like, okay, send me the video. I'll watch it. But I'll probably watch the version of it before. I probably thought about it before. I don't really want to have that conversation with you because I'm not interested. And my problem is that the same way that I'm saying to if you're watching and if you're a religious person, I love that. I'm happy for you. I hope you have the best life. Just say that to me. If you're a Muslim person and you care about me, 
understand, even if you're my mom, that there is nothing that you can do that will make me change my life because I'm not living my life for you or God, who I don't believe in anymore. So you literally can't do anything to force. It's not going to work. You're just going to get frustrated as a result. Why isn't he believing in exactly the thing that I believe in too? Because if he only knew why do that, what is that going to lead to? I have my own separate life. I have my reasons for doing the things I do. And you have the same. Let's live in a world where we're okay with that. You be happy for me for whatever I do. As long as I'm not hurting anyone. If I go out, start murdering people on the street. Yeah, then I should be put in jail. Then it's a problem for everyone. As long as you're not doing that and you're keeping it to yourself, that's how religion should be. You should believe in exactly what you want to believe as long as it's not harming anyone else. That's what I believe now. That was the conclusion of my existential life crisis where I understood there is no meaning of life, really. Really, if you think about it, the philosophers have thought about it. If there is a meaning of life, then I think it's just understanding that being a human being is so rare. Like just the fact that I am here, that I exist is so rare and such an impossibility that happened because the odds of that is so low that happened. And I have a life and I'm probably going to live until hopefully I'm going to be healthy and I'm not going to die of some disease soon. But I, I have this life and this is how it goes into the last thing that I've written down for this stream, which is way longer than I wanted it to be. I feel like that's how I usually do it. I say that I'm going to do something and then it goes way longer than that. But for me, okay, Pepo946 is saying, for me, meaning of life is help others that what I'm working for and I want to die helping someone. Yeah, and I can get behind that, helping others and all that. What I've learned 